0: Hello, and welcome to The Short Gun Sportsman, a podcast about handgun hunting, brought to you by Handgun Hunters International. My name is Ryan Hoover, and I'm your host. I believe handgun hunting is the most rewarding way to hunt, and it's something I want to share with as many people as I can. If you are at all interested in getting your own game meat, I want to challenge you to a way of hunting that is good for both your spirit and your body, so you can become the confident, self-reliant person you were meant to be. Today I'm talking to Kristen Alberts, known online as the Wilderness Woman. Kristen is a neat, neat lady with lots of experience in the field who undertook the challenge of handgun hunting a Cape Buffalo last year successfully, and that's how she came to my attention. I since have become friends with Kristen through our mutual love of handgun hunting, and she has been an incredible resource just about all kinds of things, including the industry that she works in, the appeal of handgun hunting to ladies. And I am just really happy to have her voice in our community. She writes for several places, the most notably guns.com. And you can read all of her stuff there. And I hope that she does more for the six gunner for us. Speaking of that, I hope that you will go to subscribepage.com forward slash the six gunner and subscribe to our magazine, the six gunner for free. Again, that is a free publication that HHI puts out to everybody. And it's kind of our message about how much we love handgun hunting to the world. In it, you'll find articles by handgun hunters who have actually been there about hunts, about really fun ways, you know, reloading. We had a great reloading article a while back about reloading shot shells and handguns and just so much knowledge and experience there. So again, please go subscribe uh, at uh, subscribepage.com forward slash the six gunner. I hope you enjoy my interview with Kristen Alberts. It was a it was a real fun one for me to do, especially because she brings a fresh perspective to all of this. And here it is. Kristen, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Ryan.
0: It's an honor. Oh, thank you for saying that. So you came to my attention, I guess, last year uh, because you did something really cool, and that was set the challenge for yourself to hunt a Cape buffalo with a handgun, and then you followed through on that challenge and were successful, which I think is amazing. It's That's just so cool and one of the reasons that I love this sport. Can you tell me kind of – I'd like to hear kind of the journey – I've read your article and we published it in the six gunner, but I want to know kind of some of the backstory of how that, how you got the idea for that and your kind of your journey for getting there.
1: Absolutely. And thank you so much. Um, It was a long journey to hunt Cape Buffalo with a handgun. Africa had been a dream of mine since I was a kid and reading all the great writers, uh, Robert Rourke's and Capstick and Hemingway. And I was blessed to be able to go to Africa several times prior hunting with rifles, obviously, and on one of those last safaris, there was another hunter in camp who I got to know very well who was hunting with a handgun, and I just thought, this is something I need to explore. This seems like a huge personal challenge, something outside of my comfort zone, and I just, I need to give this a try.
0: That's awesome. God bless those handgun hunters spreading the good word. So you found out about, you were on a hunt and you found out it from another person in camp who was a handgun hunter. And so then you just started researching it. Where did you go from there when you got back to the States?
1: I did. I had dabbled a bit in handgun hunting and I'll start out by saying I'm an avid hunter and outdoors person. I love fishing and I love hunting. I grew up in a deer hunting family in the Midwest. So hunting is in my blood, I would say but I didn't know any handgun hunters, so getting into firearms, obviously I work in the outdoor industry, and it's something I'm passionate about, and I started shooting and collecting more handguns, doing things like squirrel hunting and prairie dog hunting with handguns, Mm -hmm. and it just kind of grew into bigger boars, and I think this is something we've talked about. There are so many wonderful people in the handgun hunting world, so welcoming and willing to offer tips and tricks and helping you get started. So that was definitely a big thing for me.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that, you know, I've talked to some of the current greats of handgun hunting on this podcast. And the consensus is, these are my words, but the consensus is that small game hunting is the gateway to becoming a handgun hunter.
1: I absolutely believe that. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, something that I had planned on, but it's just the route that it takes. I think small game hunting is not intimidating anybody can do it it's very accessible you're not worried about recoil or or anything like that i think it's a great way to start and i'm trying to introduce new shooters to it that way as well Mm
0: -hmm. but still it's a long way from hunting squirrels to uh, a (laughs) cake buffalo Uh, most one that most american you know i'm sure you know this being in the industry but far far and away the number one animal hunted with handguns is a white-tailed deer and it's a pretty big gap between a whitetail and a Cape buffalo also. So what did you do? Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you do as far <laughs> as far as moving towards deciding what kind of handgun, what you needed to do as far as the the handgun you were going to use and the preparation you had to undertake to commit to this uh, venture?
1: Sure. And that's a very good question. I researched a lot of guns. I handled a lot of different guns from people who were willing to share and let me try different platforms. And ultimately, through trade shows and friendships and things, I had already used Magnum Research BFRs in other capacities and other chamberings.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I knew this was the route I wanted to go for Cape Buffalo. I felt confident in the reliability and the build of that gun. And then it comes down to which chambering do you want to use for something as big and deadly as Cape Buffalo? Mm -hmm. And I went through a whole list of options. I considered three seventy five Winchester, I considered four sixty Smith and Wesson. But I always like to do things a little bit differently, maybe out of the ordinary. I like historical rounds, I like mm-hmm. the old West. And I settled on the forty-five seventy government.
0: But that wasn't your first foray into the field with forty five seventy, correct?
1: No, actually my one of my first safaris was using lever action forty five seventies. And I know that's a bit unconventional, and people will make the argument that there are better and more suitable rounds, and they're absolutely right. But there is something to be said for the nostalgia of that now 150-year-old round that is still getting it done and still very capable.
0: Right. I don't think any dead Cape Buffalo would make the argument between the (laughs) rounds, though. (laughs)
1: you know i you, will agree with you there yeah
0: you can only you can only go so far in that direction before you're already there and and you know lever actions i've told you this lever actions the unconventional is kind of one of the reasons we do this we like the unconventional nature of what we do and lever actions are a very similar thing a lot of handgun hunters are also lever action or single shot guys because we want that kind of unconventional method and i think that's fantastic and i also want to be clear that you know to me, a handgun hunter does not mean someone who only hunts with handguns. It means anybody who's interested in it and supports us and and, as, and tries it and goes for it.
1: I think that's a great point. And I, I hear that from a lot of people when they say, oh, you're a handgun hunter. And I say, yes, I am. But I'm also a bow hunter and a rifle hunter and a shotgun hunter. I don't think we need to be pigeonholed into one thing. Oh. Handgun hunting is wonderful and I love it. But there's a lots of other avenues to explore as well yeah exactly but i have to say especially in this forum i have found handgun hunters to be some of the most welcoming knowledgeable passionate people i've met
0: well i'm glad to hear that i i felt the same way i've had so much wonderful support since i became interested in it as well okay so you settled on the 4570 government that big old revolver from magnum research and then your next choice i assume was what kind of sighting system you were going to use
1: Yep, that was a, a twofold. The optics were a big thing for mm-hmm. me, just the figuring out what I wanted. And also, one of the draws of the 4570 was the really extensive range of bullet types and weights mm. to choose from so that I could tailor it for and use the gun for a planes game and for dangerous game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But for me, a lot of it is really getting comfortable with the gun and feeling confident in my shot placement. Obviously, controlling recoil on something like that is key for me especially as a woman mm-hmm. i don't believe i have the hand strength that a lot of men probably have or the hand size. so i need to feel confident in what i'm doing before i do it to that end i decided with a loophole a straight two power mm-hmm. optic
0: yeah one of my favorites i uh, funny enough my very first hunting handgun that i started with i put a, a loophole four power on it and hold on let me stop and say that I'm, I'm one of those weird people that's really a stickler about names, and you're one of the only people I've ever heard pronounced loophole correctly.
1: <laughs> I probably am in your same camp as a stickler about names <laughs>
0: uh, uh, anyway I, I started with a, a fixed four power loophole on on a gun of mine and I found it too just too much with my inexperience at the time to be able to be steady uh, and I really love that that two power scope is fantastic. Um, so you put that you put that on there. And here's a question from somebody who's dealt with a target panic or a flinch. Did you start at a recoil level with your ammunition for familiarization and then work your way up?
1: I did. Absolutely. I started with some reduced recoil load um, to really get comfortable before making that decision, obviously. And I wouldn't have taken the forty five seventy period if I didn't feel like it was a Controllable platform for me that I can shoot well. And that's something I really advocate for with new hunters. Whatever game you're pursuing, especially with a handgun, is not to shoot more gun than you're comfortable with. Hmm. I would rather take a forty-five, seventy out and be able to place that shot exactly than to step up to a big bore that I can't handle.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Absolutely. So through this process, did you have any mentors that we might know or we, we should know?
1: Um. Actually, yeah, when I was first getting started at handgun hunting, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Ernie Bishop. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, yeah. I found him not only to be an incredibly fine human being, but very helpful and very humble in helping me learn about chamberings I might consider and different gun builds and just really opening up the whole world of handgun hunting and competition shooting.
0: That's cool. I- I've actually had Ernie on the podcast. He's a great great guy. He's one of those oh, people. I that episode. It's all right. He's, he's one of those guys that he's been very supportive and just kind to me. You know, he puts on that shoot in Wyoming, why shot? And uh, it's just, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Ernie's a great HHI member. I er, I love Ernie. Absolutely. I'm glad to hear that that connection.
1: Yeah. i was very blessed to speak with him. And the funny thing is you asked about other people that influence you. And one of the people who I've never met in person, never talked to, Um, In any capacity is Mark Hampton, who I know is a big supporter of HHI, Mm -hmm. but I have read his work for a long time and just never crossed paths with him. But I think that really points to the way we can influence one another and not even know about it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Mark's attitude comes through in his writing. He is just, you know, when I always find it funny because whenever he gives advice or anything, he always ends it with just my two cents. And I'm like, <laughs> Absolutely. man, that's worth a quarter at least, you know, from coming from you. But yeah, <laughs> I he's, a doubt. yeah and I have, I have his books and he, uh, they're well, well read. Those books are for sure.
1: Yeah, I can understand
0: that. So I know that you do a lot in the industry with all kinds of different platforms and you're a big advocate just for being in the woods and hunting in general. But now that you've had kind of one of the pinnacle handgun hunting experiences, do you have a list of what else you want to try and do with a handgun?
1: You know, that's funny, Ryan. I don't really have a list per se. Um, the Cape Buffalo was just such a huge personal accomplishment for me. Um, and I was really blessed to be able to have the opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I did some other hunting in Africa, took some other dangerous game and playing the game with a handgun. Mm-hmm. I would love to return to Africa and plan to do that this year. But honestly, I've hunted whitetails and I'd love to go out and do some more of that. I've never hunted elk or mule deer or lots of other American game with a handgun. So that's
0: on my list. Well, that's cool. And you, I mean, you have a gun that can pretty much be tailored to any of those hunts.
1: Well, and I think part of this handgun hunting addiction is that you're always <laughs> wanting to try out new and different guns and different calibers and acquire a collection.
0: I was gonna do. I was just gonna say that. It's <laughs> like, you know, I always whenever I'm promoting or talking about it in a promoting way, I always say, you know, you have two options as a handgunner. You you can <laughs> kind of fall into that beware the the man or woman with one gun camp, you know, because you can get you're- a gun that's going to take care of 95% of what you want. However, I don't know any handgunner that does that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I totally respect the one gun people. And there's a small part of me that thinks that is absolutely the way to go because you're so in tune with that gun, but I just have this affliction for gun collecting and Mm -hmm. wanting to shoot them and try them and learn from other hunters and shooters.
0: Oh yeah. Same. Absolutely the same. It's always what's next. What's next edition or caliber or whatever, which is good for, good for us as a, you know, uh, customers of the industry in that we actually buy things, you know, cause we're always looking for something to buy. <laughs> well,
1: that is true. consumers. Yeah.
0: I'm the same with you. I've, I'm, I always tell people I'm a evangelist, not an expert. I rely on the expertise of a lot of people when I'm trying to do something that I haven't done before, but a lot of American game are, just fantastic species to chase with a handgun and i'm looking forward to my chance to do it right now my biggest bucket list item is black bear that's really what i'm trying to figure out how to how i can make happen
1: that would be a wonderful Mm -hmm. hunt too that's something i would consider and i think that's the thing you don't necessarily need to travel to faraway places or spend tons of money to experience amazing handgun hunting adventures that's that's just wonderful
0: yeah and i mean i've had I had so much fun just prairie dog hunting when I was up in Wyoming. And, you know, even little things like that, you get a lot of enjoyment out of. Absolutely. Um, So I wanted to talk to you. You are, uh, your handle on Instagram is the wilderness woman. And obviously you are a fantastic example to other women in the industry, as well as women hunters and those women who would be interested in hunting. Can you tell me, is there anything specifically, you know, handgun related that you found empowering?
1: Absolutely. And thank you for those kind words. I really appreciate that. Um, yes, as I call myself the wilderness woman because I love everything out of doors, fishing, ice fishing, camping, hunting, maple syrup time, but especially, obviously, I work in the firearms industry and I love the guns and the hunting. I think we're seeing now more than ever a rise in women interested in the sport. It's one of the fastest growing demographics, if not the fastest. Um, That really makes me happy. There's no reason for the most part that women can't do the same things in hunting that men can do. And I think you mentioned the word empowering. Um, It definitely is one stepping outside your comfort zone, challenging yourself, learning new things, making new contacts, mentors, and friends. I think there are some great opportunities out there for women in the outdoors right now to try out different types of hunting, mentored turkey hunting, bear hunting, deer hunting, and lots of groups to follow up with. But I find a group like HHI that we're talking to right now is a great and welcoming spot. I've made a lot of new contacts already just in being a member for less than a year, so it's really an honor to be a part of the group. And I think women may be a little hesitant to enter a field that they're not familiar with but once you do you find all these people so willing to help and that's a wonderful thing.
0: Oh, I'm glad to hear you say that and that, that means a lot to me because I'm just passionate about growing the sport. You know, I obviously being the director of HHI it's I love I love our members but I just want to grow the sport and there's such a good opportunity. My wife is is a, a small lady and she has always said that she just loves how big using a handgun makes her feel, you know, just uh, the, I, the force, the, the force multiplier type of deal. And I love that. Uh, I love that about her. And I found, you know, I was a, I was an instructor in the Navy and I taught a lot of people how to shoot the guns that we had there. And i found, we've talked about this a little bit and ladies don't have the ego going into handgun or any kind of gun actually that men do men always are like, I feel like I should be good at this just because I'm a dude. And ladies are just like, I just want to be good at something. And so I feel as a guy, <laughs> that's been a lot I've learned from my wife, uh, you know, kind of that philosophy.
1: Yeah. And that's really interesting to hear you say that. And I do, I feel bad for men in that way because society puts so many standards on people that you are a man, you will be good at this. And that puts undue pressure on yourself that you need to perform at a certain level. And really we're all starting from, a certain point and learning and trying to be better. So I think we can all learn from each other.
0: Yes. Okay. Can you tell me the, you know, if you're giving advice to anybody these days, I mean, women or men, uh, but I, and I don't know who, who, what kind of people come to you to get into the sport of handgun hunting. What is kind of, what are kind of your recommendations that the route they pursue?
1: Um, first, I think it's a great thing if they're showing interest in handgun hunting, um, that's the first step. Even when I see people who maybe are not speaking specifically about handgun hunting, but they're passionate about hunting, I'll encourage them if I'm out on the range to stop out and try some different guns. If they're members of a gun club to go out there and meet people and get your hands on different guns. I find certain guns fit in my hands better than others. And if I feel comfortable with a gun, I'm more likely to feel confident and want to do more. And I think that's the same way for other people. Especially for women getting into the sport, they may think that the guns are too big or too powerful or are not controllable. And that's really not the case at all. So it's just to make people feel welcome, uh, allow them to try different things and just kind of point them in directions like HHI or certain hunting groups where they might be able to get started.
0: I'm curious. I just thought of this because you're plugged in. Did you ever read Hunting for Handgunners by J.D. Jones and Larry Kelly? I have, yes. Yeah. So that, you know, like that was written during the heyday, the golden era of handgun hunting when just there was so much creative energy being applied to new cartridges and new ways of doing things, et cetera, et cetera. So we saw back then, you know, the XP-100 was still being produced. Thompson Center was still making the contender and the Encore was to come out fairly recently after that. Um, you know, we had crazy guns, the Merrill pistol, the Wildie, the... the, Wildy, mm. the 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 amp, the automag, all that stuff. And then it kind of early 2000s, I think the last gasp of the big, big guys was the X-Frame, Smith & Wesson's X-Frame. Of course, you do Mm -hmm. have companies like BFR or Magnum Research with their BFR, Freedom Arms, you know, a couple of really notable companies that are taking stock and trying to produce guns for us handgun hunters are you are there any other trends you see in the industry uh, guns gear ammo optics optics is a huge one uh, just you see coming up
1: uh, that's a good question and i do want to definitely you touched on that with jd jones and the guys that came before us and really defined the generation and set up handgun hunting as a viable sport that we can still enjoy today mm-hmm. um it's an incredible nod to what they did um as far oh. as new trends i'm I love seeing what's out there now. I would also love to see a lot more, more companies catering to the handgun hunting market. I know we're a smaller demographic, but um, I've been a big fan of the Nosler, the Model 48, the Independence, and Mm -hmm. their custom handgun. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a center grip, so it was something new for me when I first tried it, but I found it to be an incredibly accurate platform. That was where I think I first really realized that you can achieve rifle accuracy in a handgun. And so now I really like to look back at the old styles, the Remington XPs and some of the guns that came before. I like classic Smith & Wessons. And I know we touched on the gun collecting, so I'm going back to that. But in terms of new trends, I think we're definitely seeing the latest and greatest caliber craze kind of taking hold of everybody. (laughs) And (laughs) being in the industry, I can certainly fall into that. When manufacturers want new guns tested, they want to send you the -hmm. six five Creed Moors and the all the latest Mm -hmm. the latest fads. But I think we can it's definitely worth trying them all out and finding what works for us. But I find myself personally turning back to some of the the old proven designs that I think can definitely definitely still hold their own in the field.
0: Yes, absolutely. We you know, those of us have been doing this for a while and I'm I'm a reformed custom gun builder. So this was my business for fifteen years, keeping up with all that stuff. (laughs) It's kind of interesting if you know history like you do that there really is no such thing as reinventing the wheel, just renaming the wheel. And uh, absolutely, I'm glad that they're producing things for which we can find factory ammunition for. Uh, Specifically, I did a survey of our membership asking them what they wanted the industry to focus on producing, like what was the biggest gap for them? And their answer was optics. Now, Hmm, we've gotten a lot of good bleed over on optics from the defensive handgun world with red dots and whatnot. But as far as long eye relief scopes are concerned, there's kind of a dearth right now. And, you know, the loophole really is kind of, you know, they're, they're not producing them really. I may think that they're even thinking about discontinuing their uh, handgun line. I don't, I don't know for sure. Uh, that's just what I kind of heard through the grapevine. Also, You know, there's a lot, Burris is doing it, but as far as good handgun scopes are concerned, a lot of people, a lot of handgun hunters are wishing that there were more options out there. Who do you think is the most likely? eh, I don't want to pigeonhole you, but what do you think about that and what trends have you seen in that area? Or do you think it's still kind of under the
1: radar? No, I think that's a very good question and something that I've been on recent hunts. I've put a lot of trust and faith in the Loopold brand. And so
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, I've used their scopes and the red dots as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But you are right. They're slowing down on production. I think it's getting more difficult to find them. I found some of my handgun hunting scopes to be older models at gun shows and things that you pick up on the secondary market.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I've had good luck with Burris as a couple of handgun optic models. I think there are a few options out there, but I definitely would like to see more in that field. Um, The other hunter that I mentioned, Jerry Natinka, who's been one of my mentors in the outdoor handgun hunting space prefers red dot optics Mm -hmm. and there are really very few if you want anything with any magnification and certain dot sizes so i would agree that the optics area is definitely one that's lacking
0: right yeah we talked actually the one with the podcast episode with ernie bishop was about optics and we talked about wanting smaller dots
1: yes absolutely that's been the main concern
0: Mm -hmm. but i feel like there are more options for those kinds of Uh, reflex or red dot sights, even than there are for actual long eye relief scopes. And I, you know, I on rifle caliber handguns, I usually use a rifle scope, but Mm -hmm. I've gotten more into, for instance, I've been using the crimson trace uh, handgun scope and finding a lot more use for that in the field where I am. And also I've gotten, I've gotten more competent, but I I'm with you. I would like to see more options if for nothing else than to kind of generate some competition to, for people to be putting really good glass turrets and all that stuff in their, in their scopes. And I will rely on you. I will rely on you to be the one who braves the trade shows to get, get. I will definitely do that. And I
1: think that's the the thing that we're talking about today is really getting the word out there about Mm -hmm. not just HHI, but about handgun hunting. And the more we grow as a group and the more vocal we get as a demographic to say, we're out here doing this, we're needing specialized equipment. There is a market for it. We are buying these things um, that hopefully, you know, we gain speed and build this back up again.
0: Right. That You just brought to mind a question because we we talk about this a lot or some members talk about this a lot about how we are kind of retreading some ground that's already been trodden before as insofar as overcoming myths that you're like, I thought we already showed that that wasn't true, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what what are some of the, the myths or questions you encounter when people find out that you're a handgun hunter that y- you kind of are like, well, yeah, we, j- you know, J.D. Jones did that 45 years ago.
1: I'm really surprised at the number of people that don't even consider handgun hunting. It hasn't entered their mind to take a handgun hunting. And a lot of these people are are guys that I've hunted with for years. And I know they have multiple rifles and they're avid hunters and they own handguns for range time or for personal protection, but it just is not in their consciousness to take it out hunting until you start the conversation and something clicks the same way it did with me for years. I didn't think about doing this. And then it's like a light bulb goes on and you realize what a wonderful world you've been missing out on this whole time.
0: That's the same. I don't want to say resistance because it's, they don't even know. A lot of times, oh, really, you don't even, or they think that we just hunt kind of what I call throwaway species, not because I think they're throwaway, but because people, you know, they're Mm -hmm. always like, oh yeah, to hunt pigs, you can hunt pigs with a pistol. It's like, no, it's legit. You can hunt anything. Um, Yeah. So what about, here's another question for you. As again, like I said, I used to be a gun builder and I was always keen on making sure exactly like you said, that the gun fit the person shooting it. Did you, with your BFR, did you use stock grips or did you get, did you have a different aftermarket or custom option?
1: I did actually end up going with their rubberized grips. I started Mm -hmm. out with the the slimmer hard style, Mm -hmm. the Makarta type of grip. And I found I just didn't feel like I had enough control on the gun, even though I generally have small hands and I prefer a smaller, slimmer grip. But Mm -hmm. with that larger oversized wraparound rubber, I just felt a lot more confident having the purchase on the gun with those type of grips. Um, I would consider in the future having some custom grips made to fit my hand.
0: Yeah. And, you know, being a shotgunner, I'm sure you definitely understand the importance of fit.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Without a doubt. Do you, I want to run this by you, a crazy idea that I've had. I want to hunt birds with a handgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been done before. And you have to obviously with all the NFA regulations, you have to have stamps or or you have have to make sure that it's it's legal. But and there was an article in the old, you know, the old six gunner that uh, that somebody went pheasant hunting with a contender in 28 gauge. I think it was. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, his range was very limited, but he did manage to uh, kill pheasant with it. And that's something that's always because, you know, that's one of those things. It's like you can handgun hunt everything except birds. And you know part of that is because you can't have a smoothbore handgun without a bunch of paperwork from the feds, but also right. because let talk about a challenge i i i'm I'm interested in that uh, as well and that's kind of one of the that's kind of one of my side projects right now trying to figure out how to how to get that done yeah
1: that's you know, interesting yeah. and I believe there are some states where you can hunt turkey with a a rifle board, just a standard
0: handgun. True. Yes. Oh, Texas. You know where I lived. Yeah, I'm, Texas. That's yeah, what I thought, we, yeah, we hunt, we have we have a great member, Randy. He he is a prolific turkey hunter. Um, a lot of states don't allow you to hunt with a handgun, and a lot of states don't have concurrent turkey and deer seasons like we do. So you um, know, there's a few obstacles for different for folks in different states. But yeah, you know, it's taken as it's taken for granted that you can hunt turkey with a with a handgun down here, whether it be a contender in 410 or you know like the member i'm I'm thinking of 41 mag he's got his shots just perfectly made to where he i'm pretty sure he shoots from behind and so it just goes straight through the the mm. body cavity and he says he has very oh. little meat loss and there's some pictures of it up on our website and it it's not uh, it's not very destructive destructive it's pretty cool
1: yeah you have some great hunting opportunities in texas
0: without a doubt yes absolutely and i was I'm learning more and more about them. You know, where I where I live, most of those opportunities are come from just who you know. You know, I have a friend who has land, or I have a friend who has a ranch, et cetera, et cetera. And we don't have a lot of the federal land or Forest Service, et cetera, land that uh, other states are lucky enough to have. But apparently, and this is what I'm currently researching based on the advice of Larry Wysoon, that there are a lot of places that we we might be able to get something together as far as doing a DIY public land hunt in Texas. And that'd be cool because there's certainly a stigma surrounding that in Texas.
1: Yeah, that would be very interesting.
0: So can you tell me lastly, what your, what's your year look like? You going, you said you, you're going back to Africa this year.
1: I am planning another return. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been lucky to partner with a a great outfitter there, Stephen Bannon SB hunting safaris, who, because we wanted to do handgun hunting there, he went through the work to get the permits to, allow us to legally uh, do the importation, temporary import, and hunting, not all outfitters are licensed to do so. Mm -hmm. Some of them are. But I think for anybody who's considered an African safari, that is such an amazing place, whether you're hunting with a handgun or any type of firearm, game is plentiful. Um, You're treated first class all the way in everything I've experienced. I've always felt safe. I've always felt comfortable and just absolutely amazed at the scenery, the animals, the people. So obviously it's in my blood and it's a big draw to keep going back there. My bucket list is a mile long of places I'd like to go hunting, (laughs) quite honestly. And I think that's an important thing to mention. We're talking about handgun hunting, but yes, I want to hunt cape buffalo or I want to hunt hippo or whatever the next challenge might be with a handgun, but it's about so much more than just harvesting an animal. I enjoy the the pre-hunt process, the preparation, the range time, the thinking about it, the dreaming about it, um, almost as much as I do in actually
0: doing it. Absolutely. So true. That is so true. I've, I can't tell you how much I agree with that, what you're saying about that's just a potential culmination of a fulfilling venture that you get that fulfillment of whether or not you're quote unquote successful. Without a doubt. Yeah. I, I, um,
1: along the way you asked about preparation, and you spend a lot of time shooting from sticks and shooting off hands and learning mm-hmm. what your comfort zone is. But at the end of the day, if you're a handgun hunter, and I think everybody who's listening has experienced this, it's a more difficult way to hunt.
2: Mm-hmm. You'll
1: experience frustration and failure. Um, but that makes the ultimate success even
0: more sweet. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, that's so true. Okay, so tell us about what how people can follow you, read you, what you're up to and um, what your plans are for, you know, going forward as far as your writing and videos and whatnot.
1: Absolutely. So I do regular videos and articles with guns.com, usually reviewing new guns because that's what the market demands. But I still like to, whenever I have the opportunity, look at some classic guns and bring them to people. I write as well for Gun Digest Annual. I'm the shotgun editor there and also do some rifle catalog writing working into some other outlets where you'll see my work coming in magazines. I've done writing for African Hunting Gazette. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as a wilderness woman. Feel free to reach out to me anytime, whether you're looking to explore a safari or handgun hunting or gun collecting. I'm always happy to talk
0: about Our industry. And I can confirm that you are always happy to talk about the industry and you're always a pleasure to talk to. Thank you so much for doing this podcast with me today. I know I have some more ideas and I'm sure we'll do more in the future.
1: Absolutely. I would love to do that. Um, I enjoy the show and I just want to say just because I've hunted a Cape Buffalo does not mean I'm an expert on handgun hunting. I am learning every day, learning from you and and the guests on the show. So I'm just very honored to be with you.
0: Well, Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. We'll talk to you soon. What a great conversation with Kristen Alberts. I really love chatting with her. Ever since we connected through social media after I found out about her handgun hunting the Cape Buffalo, we've had a chance to have a couple of conversations and I just really enjoy it she is a great hhi member and i love her writing and i love her contribution to the six gunner and there'll be more of that in the future i'm sure and keep your eye out on the on social media for at the wilderness woman and all the things that she writes for it's just a pleasure to talk to Kristen. all righty i'll see you on the next one this podcast is produced by handgun hunters international HHI is the only organization dedicated solely to supporting and growing the sport of handgun hunting. Membership gets you access to our great, well-moderated forum where friendly handgun hunters of all experience levels share stories and information from folks that have actual experience in our sport. We also host giveaways to our members of guns, gear, and ammo every month, and each prize is worth several times what membership costs. In addition to this podcast, we publish a free digital magazine, The Six-Gunner, which is written exclusively by HHI members. If you are a handgun hunter or support handgun hunting in any way, you need to be a member of HHI. Join today at handgunhuntersinternational.com. Again, if you have any questions on how to get started in handgun hunting, please reach out to me at ryan at handgunhuntersinternational.com. If you think we deserve it, please leave us a five-star review, and don't forget to follow Handgun Hunters International on social media at HandgunHuntersINT. God bless, and good hunting.